This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. The Buck Sexton Show. We are joined by our friend Rebecca Heinrichs. She is a fellow at the Hudson Institute, expert on foreign policy and national defense matters. Rebecca, great to have you. Thanks so much, Buck. Happy to be here. Uh, Hudson.org. The piece is up now. If you want to check it out, we'll post it on Facebook. President-elect Trump is poised to reset Upending Obama's apology tour. Rebecca, how is President Trump poised to reset? Well, um, you know, I wrote this piece uh, uh, right before he announced um, his pick for Secretary of Defense, uh, General Mad Dog Mattis, which I think is a perfect um, person to to lead the Pentagon. And I think that that he will um, absolutely carry out some of the things that I mentioned in my piece. Um, some of which were, number one, briefly, um, I think, you know, President, uh, President Trump is going to return to an unapologetic defense of American superiority. The sort of equivocating going back and forth of whether or not the United States is actually morally superior to other nations. And then, of course, whether or not we should have a military that, that's better and stronger in every single military domain. Um, that's just not going to be a question. He's going to be unapologetic about that. And um, so I think that means we're going to rebuild our military. Um, and number two, he's going to engage with allies. He's going to do that. I recommend that he do that first before he engages with adversaries. He has already begun to do that with his phone call with the Taiwanese, which I thought was excellent and forward-leaning. Um, and then number three, again, we're going to have this, when we negotiate treaties, we're going to do it from a position of strength. None of this sort of, hey, what can we get out of you Iranians? You tell us exactly what you want and, we'll, and show us where to sign on the dotted line. That's not going to happen. Um, what did you think of the uh, of the Taiwan phone call? By the way, we talked to Gordon Chang about it yesterday, but I wanted your take. Yeah, you know, I thought it was great, Buck. You know, it, it, first of all, it's just a phone call. It was a phone call. They, um, the leader of, the, of Taiwan and, and President-elect Trump, exclaimed, it just exchanged pleasantries, congratulations. This is a democratic, um, a dem- uh, you know, it's a, it's a democratically elected president of Taiwan. I know if you use the term president, you're sort of acknowledging the sovereign um, nation of Taiwan. But I don't think President-elect Trump um, has gone that far. I think that he is simply recognizing that we do have a true partner in the Taiwanese. Um, and, you know, everybody's sort of outcry over this, I think, just shows that just how used to we've gotten to letting the Chinese determine how we how we act. Um, it's merely a phone call. It was nothing more than that, except I think that it does sort of signal that, that, the, that the United States government is going to be a friend of Taiwan, and that's a very good thing. Um, so I just didn't, I didn't see the outcry um, as, as really warranted on that point. I thought it was interesting because when some people were, were 
trying to, I, I think, or, or the, the initial search for all of the the parade of, of terribles that were, would be visited upon us by China if we continue to, I, I don't know, go down this path of recognizing a country that is a separate country. I know there's the one China policy thing, but it is a separate country. It operates as a separate country. And we've been selling a whole lot of really advanced military hardware to in recent years. Uh, but that China would do all these bad things. And when people started to look at, well, what could China do? I think that was the moment of recognition of, oh, well, China's already doing a bunch of things that are pretty aggressive and bad. And we don't actually do anything in response. You know, China's exactly uh, cyber right. warfare and cyber theft. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, just days days before, you know, everyone, here's the other thing, too. Everyone sort of, you know, I saw this just outcry on Twitter from some Republicans as well, some, some never-Trump Republicans that still sort of haven't gotten through all the stages of grief, I guess. But, um, you know, kind of showing outrage that clearly this should this was something that the that president-elect trump didn't even understand what he was doing that it was sloppy and careless and he must not understand our one china policy but just days before he made this phone call or he accepted this phone call whichever way it went china actually flew nuclear capable aircraft around taiwan um, which is incredibly provocative incredibly destabilizing and so it does seem to me that that uh, president-elect trump made this phone call or took this phone call with eyes wide open about what was happening with Taiwan and China. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the United States has essentially been just sort of letting China run the show and, and sort of been being very, very nervous about upsetting China when China's already being aggressive and provocative. I, so, I do think it's um, also interesting that, that what's the, the status quo is that China can use North Korea as sort of like, uh, you know, a, a pit bull that it can rein in or sort of let loose more. And that's that's a leverage that it has against the against the world, really, and against the international community, against us. And yet we're sort of very tiptoey around the issue of Taiwan. Well, why is it that the Chinese can do all this provocative stuff and really keep North Korea uh, sustain it as as the hermit kingdom? Um, and when we look at Taiwan, we're so, we're sort of stuck in a policy that's that's really not sustainable. I think that's also something that the Trump phone call maybe raised in people's minds. This idea of of a one China, well, it's not one China if we're selling missiles that they're going to use to stop it from being one China to Taiwan. That's exactly right. And and you know we we've talked about this before about what the Chinese have been doing with North Korea. I mean, the Obama administration um, essentially has allowed the North Koreans to become um, a, a really significant nuclear power between their missile tests, their nuclear tests. Um, many folks in the military believe that North Korea does have the ability to actually hit the United States with a nuclear weapon on a missile. Um, and, and that is because China, um, in large part, has been has let the North Koreans do this. They've, they've weakened sanctions every time the United States tries to go to the U.S. Security Council. Um, and, and they've essentially just sort of allowed North Korea to, be, to become this nuclear power and to coerce and um, deter the United States from doing particular things in South Korea and Japan. Um, so it really is uh, hypocritical, inconsistent, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And again, you know, I think what we're going to see out of the Trump administration is that just looking across the globe and trying to actually see what is in the United States' interests, what is right, what is wrong, who are our true friends, who are our adversaries. And, and you know, let's go about this in the best way we can that makes sense for the American people. And we just haven't been doing that for years and years and years. So I'm not sure a, what um, the, the – there may be a, another sort of example of this that, that would spring to mind, but just on the spot here, I have to think to myself, so under Obama foreign policy rules, you know, talk to Castro, talk to Maduro, talk to Kim Jong-un, but you can't talk to the president of Taiwan. 
Is there, what, what other color? I mean, if they're in the OK column and Taiwan is not, who else is in the not OK column? You know, it is so bizarre. If you if you just kind of look and see um, what he has done, he's he sort of, you know, and, and all of our allies are more uncomfortable after eight years of, of the United States being, um, you know, having uh, Barack Obama in the White House. Um, the Iran deal has sort of upset the Middle East and the balance there. The Saudis are nervous. You know, all these people are really uncomfortable and nervous. Um, you have the Russians that are more emboldened and the North Koreans that are more emboldened. Um, and then you have, um, you know, our, our allies who are really nervous and, and um, you know, not in a safer position because of what the United States has been doing. So it really has been backwards. We've sort of been leaning forward and trying to talk to our adversaries and really telling our, our um, friends and allies to just, um, sit tight and kind of eat it. So I think let's talk about the uh, the, very, very the coming together of the Trump national security team for a second. A lot of attention and and a lot of criticism and heat directed at General Flynn over the last few days. Uh, what what do you make of this? Yeah, you know, um, General Flynn. You know, and he's sort of going to be um, well, sort of at larger speaking larger to what the what President Elect Trump is actually doing with his cabinet. He is picking individuals who have, um, they've been out really pushing the envelope, doing good things, um, some of them controversial things. And so you're going to have some of these characters who, you know, they're unconventional. Uh, General Flynn is one of them. General Flynn, um, but one of the things that made him very unpopular in the Obama administration is how outspoken he was about the dangers of militant Islamism and actually how you can actually look at problems within Islam and actually understand the enemy better that way. That was a very unpopular thing to do, obviously very politically incorrect, and it actually cost him his job as the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency. So, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have, you know, he, he's an interesting character, um, but he seems to understand the enemy much better than anybody else in the Pentagon or many other people in the Pentagon were, um, you know, permitted to understand. And so I think he's a good choice for a national security advisor. Um, but, you know, it's not what the American people are used to. Are you? Have you seen all the stuff about about Pizza Gate or whatever though, and the tweets? I mean, what do you, I don't know if you got this deep yeah. into the weeds on this or not, but no, you know, I followed it a little bit. This was his son. I know that I know that Mike uh, Flynn Jr. was sort of tweeting about this, and now he's no longer advising on the transition team. Um, but I, I didn't follow very closely with uh, Mike Flynn Sr. on that. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, it's. I think Mike Flynn Sr., as I understand it, the, the, the tweet in question that's gotten him in so much trouble has actually been misread by a lot of people. But then Mike Flynn Jr., who is kind of his chief of staff or something, has has done some weird stuff. So I, I just well, wish- he, I know that he was let go. I heard from the briefing from the transition team today that Mike Flynn Jr. has been let go of the transition team, so he's oh, no longer helping. Yeah, hence, hence my he's done some weird stuff, or, or not hence my, <laughs> but you know that 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 falls right in line with when I saw some of the you know there's there's the stuff that people are trying to pin on Flynn, and I'm like no, nah, that you know Flynn Senior, and I'm like no, nah, that doesn't see. And then there's what his son did. I was like, ooh, okay, that's not great. Yeah, let's well, talk, let's go to the happy it, place though for a second. Tell me about how awesome. Some General Mattis is. <laughs> this is what everyone, everyone who's like enthusiastic about the Trump transition wants to talk about Mattis, which I can totally understand. So General Mattis, you know, um, you might remember during during earlier on um, during the primary, I had even thrown out, I had got you know suggested that General Mattis was a great pick if Republicans were still unhappy with their current candidates. That General Mattis would be a great one. Um, I think he is an excellent choice for President-elect Trump. 
he, you know, he led the U.S. Central Command, among other things, as a U.S. Marine. Um, this really just amazing thing about General Mattis is not only is he able to clearly identify the enemy and devise plans to act, to go out and actually vanquish the enemy, something that, you know, the United States has sort of gotten weak need about, um, but he, you know, he has this, he, he's a reader, he's a reader, um, he's, he's a, he's sort of a philosopher type, so he's a deep thinker, um, and he's a, he, he's just one of these guys that other people love to follow, um, and our enemies sort of fear and our allies respect. And so he's all around just an excellent choice to lead the Pentagon. He really is. Rebecca Heinrichs is a fellow at the Hudson Institute. You can follow her on Twitter at RL Heinrichs. Rebecca, great to have you. Thanks for dropping by the hut. Thanks so much. The Buck Sexton Show. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.